Good morning. Welcome again to Sophia Lyon Fah's Coming of Age Sunday. I'm Lori Von Steinman, the Director of Children's Religious Education here at Arlington Street. It is said that Faz was the force and focus that changed the way we experience Unitarian Universalist religious education today. In 1937, Sophia Lyon Faz challenged the status quo. She was rejecting the early doctrinal and adult-centered form of religious education curriculum. And she created a new and experimental children's curriculum. Her curriculum style was rooted in the appreciation for nature and everyday experiences we all share. Her revolutionary ideas sometimes met with opposition. She was censored, and people even protested some of her work. Nevertheless, she persisted. And in 1959, at the age of 82, she was the first woman professor to be ordained to the Unitarian ministry. Yeah. And almost 60 years later, the legacy of her work and philosophy can be seen in all of the creative and child-centered curriculum used in UU congregations. The Coming of Age program is a year-long program where youth explore what Unitarian Universalism is and put their beliefs into words. Through weeks of meetings as groups and with mentors, they have worked hard to make a sense of their beliefs and how this is connected to the larger world. This year, this coming of age started in the fall at Walden Pond, where they learned about Thoreau and transcendentalism. And then it's been a whirlwind since. One Sunday afternoon, we all sat on the ASC roof and had hot chocolate talking about God. Another afternoon, we got to know each other better through speed faithing. Then we took risk ice skating, some of us for the first time on Frog Pond when it was wicked cold out. We were exposed to new cultural traditions when we brought youth to the Lunar New Year Day Parade. And they lived their social justice values packing meals for Rise Against Hunger. These youth have sung together, learned from leaders in our church about spiritual practices of music. They have shared a sweet time together making chocolate-covered strawberries in tough times writing draft upon draft of credo statements that you will hear this morning. And just last Sunday, a few of the brave souls, rustic and all, our youth and mentors camped out off the grid, grid in a lodge. We were visited by a very large snake. <laughs> we cooked together, sang, played cards, built fires, shared joys and sorrows, hiked and learned what it meant to be a Unitarian Universalist as part of this beloved community. Hey everyone, 
I'm Jamie Dingus, and I'm finishing up my year as the Children's Religious Education Assistant here at Arlington Street Church. This year, for the first time, students in coming of age worked with adult mentors in the congregation. Each youth picked an adult and courageously asked them to be their mentor. And the mentors took a leap of faith, agreeing to spend the year meeting and talking with their youth. They've explored faith together and built important intergenerational friendships. I'm incredibly proud of our youth and their mentors because I've seen in my own life the power that the relationship between a coming-of-age youth and mentor can be. My coming-of-age mentor is an extra grandparent in my life, and we've kept up with each other over the years, going to concerts and at my graduation. She's supported me on my spiritual journey since I was 11. But no matter the length of these relationships, I think what matters most is that our youth know that adults in our church, adults who are not their parents, know them and love them. And both the youth and mentors alike have benefited enormously from the process of putting faith into words. Our youth will share this morning their statements of faith. They will tell you what they believe and what social justice work fills their heart with passion. I encourage you to listen intently to these youth let their words and their commitment fill your heart with inspiration and pride. These five youth are an honor to hear from, and I believe that Sophia Lyon Foz would be very proud. I know that we are. Can we have an amen to that? Before I met Lily Rogers, I was warned. A friend in the congregation had met Lily many years before. He had been teaching our children about sacred texts and how in Unitarian Universalism, we have many sacred texts, a sacred text being anything that we return to to bring greater meaning and understanding to our lives. A much younger Lily had asked him, so, then a drawing made by a child can be a sacred text if you look at it to help you understand your life? The warning had been that Lily Rogers is an old soul, and if you spend time with her, you had best be ready to have your world opened. I am delighted and honored to introduce my friend Lily Rogers, whose calm brilliance and compassionate insight have opened my world and been a sacred text for me these last few months, whose willingness to see all sides of every issue, including the role she played or might have played in it, has been an inspiration. A lifelong Unitarian Universalist, an avid soccer player, violinist, and devoted sister and family member, Lily is 13 and about to complete eighth grade at Pierce Elementary in Brookline. This fall, she will continue her studies at Brookline High School. Friends, our own 
Lily Rogers. I believe that there is love inside all of us. I believe that the strength of this love can carry us through both easy and hard times, and that everybody, no matter their race, gender, sexual orientation, nation of birth, age, or abilities, deserves to have that love. Love has carried me through joys and celebrations of theater and music performances. It has also carried me through deaths in my family. This belief leads me to commit to the social justice cause of ensuring that everyone has access to healthy food. All around the world, and even within the US and our state of Massachusetts, hunger is an enormous problem. In Massachusetts, one in 10 families are food insecure. I've participated in Project Bread's Walk for Hunger in Boston for two years, raising money to help end hunger in Massachusetts, and I plan to raise more money for the cause in the years to come. I've also taken part in our church's packing of meals with Rise Against Hunger, an organization that sends meals to international locations in need. Through my participation in these events, I've discovered that to me, everyone having access to healthy food is about equality. I recognize that there are many other social justice causes on this planet, which are very important to me as well. But having food is one of the most basic parts of being human, making it the cause that I'm committing to today. I've discovered that having healthy, accessible food for everyone relates to the principles of Unitarian Universalism in many ways. It is stated in the first principle of Unitarian Universalism that every being has worth and dignity, which I think means that every person is worthy of experiencing equality. And the most elementary part of equality is that everyone has good food to eat. Having a world community where there is peace, liberty, and justice for all stated as a goal in the sixth principle of Unitarian Universalism, starts with every person on this planet having access to healthy food. When we all have access to healthy food, rather than pouring our energy into mere survival, we can focus more on that powerful love inside all of us. Thank you. For anybody that's been here at ASC for a while, um, George really needs little introduction. He's been a ball of energy that we've been privileged to watch grow from a boy to a young man uh, of 13 with a strong sense of self and a desire to help others. Whether it's on the field with other members of his soccer teams in JP or at the Roxbury Latin School with his fellow students, uh, George is becoming a, a young man that I've very happy to have gotten to know. And uh, let me introduce George. Success has nothing to do with what you gain in life or accomplish for yourself. It's what you do for others. This is a quote by Danny Thomas. This quote stood out to me because helping others like people in bad situations or people who are differently abled is very important to me. When I do something to help people or just bring some joy, even as little as giving away a baseball at a Red Sox game to a little kid, it makes me feel really good. One way of helping others is by donating to a charity doing so, or doing something that makes people feel like they are not different. One charity 
that really stood out to me is called Soccer Without Borders. This program provides equipment, coaching, equipment and coaching, and so more kids who are disadvantaged to be able to play soccer. I think of this nonprofit organization when I think of the first UU principle. Soccer Without Borders help people who don't think they can amount to much because of how they live. And the first UU principle talks about the worth and dignity of all. I believe that each person has worth and dignity. This is not the only way to help others who are in need, but it is, but it is a way that really stands out to me because sports is a big part of my life. I have been playing sports for my whole life and it brings me so much joy. Another way to help others in need is to start or support an organization for people who are differently abled. The Paralympics really stood out to me because it helps people do things that they d didn't think that they could. I know that if I got injured, I would f want to feel that I was the same person as I, I, as I was before. I am collecting sports equipment to donate to charities that help with causes like these. I believe that everyone should have access to fun and joy so these types of programs are really important to me. Thank you. Good morning, all. My name is Nancy Perna, and I have had the honor, the privilege, and the love for Maya Pontes for the past few years and especially for the past few months. Maya is 12 years old. She'll be entering the seventh grade at the Devotion School in Brookline come September. I've known Maya for more than a few years now and perhaps one of the best ways to describe her is to look at our own ASC covenant as it speaks of what I believe to be some of Maya's strongest qualities. Maya is loving. She's always willing to help, and I do mean always. She does not like conflict. It would intentionally not hurt anyone with her words. I could continue, but perhaps the best way for you to get to learn more about Maya and to know her a little bit better, some of her beliefs and some of her commitments, is to let Maya speak for herself. So with that being said, here is Maya. Fun fact about me, I'm a super empathetic person. When someone's going through a bad time, it doesn't matter to me how close this person and I are. I'll feel empathy for them and I try to put myself in their shoes. I try to feel what they're feeling. I have, I've been empathetic my whole life. It's not something I can just stop. This relates to the second Unitarian Universalist principle, which is be kind in all you do, or justice, equity, and compassion in human relations. We all go, we all go through bad experiences. We all have bad times. But we can, get through, we can get through it. We all have goals. I know I have goals. One of them is when I grow up, I want to be a surgeon. I believe, be, I believe because I am an empathetic person and I have deep love. <laughs> for people. And because I 
care deeply for people I don't know well, I, could, I would be a good surgeon. On bad days, a goal seems so far away, but I get through those bad days by drawing, watching YouTube videos, or shows on Netflix. On bad days, I feel really distracted or fidgety or both. And this is because I have attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, ADHD. This is why it's hard for me to focus and I am hyper. I speak before I think about what I'm going to say. This has affected me my whole life. Sometimes it's even hard to have conversations with people. But when I can't focus, my mind sometimes drifts to important topics, such as women's rights. In my lifetime, I want to make the world better, even if it's just through little changes. Currently, I commit to reading about the history of women's rights in the US. I want to talk to people about inequities and how to change them. I will share what I learn and what I believe. I've done things like this in the past, such as the Women's March. It was very empowering. I plan to stand up for women and attend these events in the future. Jacob Halley Gilatch will be an eighth grader next fall at Michael Driscoll School in Brookline. We've only had the opportunity to work together for the last three months, but I quickly realized that soccer runs through Jacob's veins like a mighty river, and we soon connected over common ground. We relate to each other not only as longtime player and longtime coach, but also as comrades in arms in the crucial art of goalkeeping. One of our coming-of-age exercises was taking five minutes to brainstorm what I set my heart on, and I can report that Jacob's self-awareness and sense of justice is light years ahead of where mine was at 13, or even today. Every one of Unitarian Universalism's seven principles applied in one way or another to every last idea Jacob wrote down, and we soon came to realize that there's actually a lot in common between being a UU and the sport of soccer. And now to fill you in, please welcome my friend and fellow goalkeeper, Jacob Halligalach. So soccer is pretty important in my life and I've been thinking about how Unitarian Universalist principles show in the game. The ones that particularly stood out to me were the first and seventh principles. So I've been playing soccer for about seven years and it has always given me something to do when I'm down about something that happened that day or week. It's a pretty relaxing and competitive sport, but it's also a sport that values the worth of every person because every person on the field matters. When something makes me sad in my life, I just play and hope that match never ends. It's helped me to cope with myself and others also. It's helped me in my light of times and darkness or sadness, like when my grandma died. Most players respect each other on and off the field, which follows the first Unitarian Universalist principle, the inherent worth and dignity of every being. Soccer does have people who are unsportsmanlike, but most players have great respect for the game and for other players. David Luiz, a Brazilian defender, is a pretty good example. While playing for his home country in the 2014 World Cup quarterfinals, 
He consoled James Rodriguez, who plays for Colombia, by telling him it was okay and saying that he did a great job. They also exchanged shirts, which shows a great amount of, of respect because um, if you give them your shirt, it just shows that you respect them and you love them in a brotherly fashion. But the reason why he did that is because Colombia lost to Brazil by one goal, and they didn't know each other, which showed not only great sportsmanship, but compassion between the two people. A team of players are basically exactly like the seventh principle, the interdependent web of all existence of which we are a part of. They all depend on each other. The striker lies on its right and left wingers and midfielders to pass to them and give them plays. Midfielders rely on defenders and other midfielders to get passes through. Defenders rely on their midfielders to defend and their goalie to save. The goalie relies on his last line of defense because without it, it would get scored on. Without one or two positions, it would all probably, far, it would all probably fall apart. And since soccer has been such a good experience in my life, I want to help others feel the same way. I want to collect and donate used or unused equipment to a local charity like Soccer Without Borders. I want to help because I believe every life matters. Thank you. The ancient Latin proverb, Altissima Cicere Flumina Menino Sono Labi, translates to the deepest rivers flow with the least sound, or more commonly we know it as still waters run deep. This very aptly describes Nicholas Holt Doucette. Nicholas is 13 and a seventh grader at the Bigelow Middle School Newton. Over the past few months, it has been our great privilege to get to know this young man as he prepared for today's credo. He is humble and quiet, yet an accomplished scholar and athlete. He has a strong sense of family and speaks proudly and lovingly of his dad, Mark, his mom, Melissa, his stepdad, Lowell, and his little sisters, Catherine and Emmeline. But his passion is for animals, a passion he's demonstrated in volunteer service. On our recent COA group camping trip, not something I would say often, camping trip, <laughs> watching the animals and going for a run on a wooded trail was better than staying inside and avoiding the insects. It's our great honor and privilege to introduce to you Nicholas Holt Doucette. I have always been fascinated by wildlife. I remember long days spent observing the red mites on the brick steps in front of my home during preschool in Hamilton, Mass, and many journals describing the daily life of my cats. I believe every creature is unique and special and deserves a place on the earth. Today, I still care deeply for animals and the environment in general. People have great potential to use their intelligence 
helped the world, but currently completely misused the gifts evolution has given them. In my opinion, we all still have a chance to change for the better, to give back to the earth instead of taking every resource we can get our hands on. While much destruction to our planet has already happened, there is still time to prevent farther wrongdoing. We should, as the seventh UU principle states, have respect for the interdependent web of all existence of which we are part. I believe in helping the earth, the environment, and the plants and animals living on it. In September of last year, I made the choice to become a vegetarian. Although I am not morally opposed to humans in general consuming meat, the current way humans factory farm countless animals is not right. I hope to set an example in my family on how to help animals by not meeting meat. Additionally, I hope that the idea of cutting back on all the wasted resources will spread to at first neighborhoods and communities, eventually larger cities, and finally the whole world. People use and throw out many resources. They waste electricity, and so I am committed to making sure the environment stays safe. Ever since I first read My Life with Chimpanzees as an eight-year-old, I have dreamed of becoming the next Jane Goodall. My heart was set towards becoming a profound ethologist and becoming known worldwide for my inspirational speeches and work for the benefit of the earth. Since fourth grade, I volunteered at various animal shelters, working with cats at the Gifford Crat Shelter in Brighton, as well as lizards, snakes, and the occasional tarantula at the New England Wildlife Center in Weymouth. As I reached middle school, my busy schedule conflicted with my ability to continue to volunteer. Within the next year, I will make sure to get back to volunteering my time to work with animals. I have made a commitment that in the summer after ninth grade, I will travel to Costa Rica to work at a local wildlife rescue center while staying with a host family. In fifth grade, I traveled on vacation to Costa Rica, and my family and I volunteered for a day at Proyecto Asís. While at Proyecto Asís, I met a 14-year-old who was staying two weeks in Costa Rica and volunteering each day, and I immediately knew that was an opportunity I wanted to take. In the meantime, I want to get as much practice as possible working with animals. When I was in fifth grade, I was delighted to have an opportunity to hear Jane Goodall speak at Washington C as part of her lecture, Sowing the Seeds of Hope. It was incredible to hear Dr. Goodall's accomplishments in studying chimpanzees directly from her and the work she does to help the environment today. After the speech, I had an opportunity to meet Dr. Goodall and shake her hand in person. Being in the presence of, of an individual who has done such important work for the good of the world was inspirational. I hope as you leave today, everyone can remember these words Jane Goodall spoke and take them to heart in your everyday actions. You cannot get through a single day without having an impact on the world around you. What you do makes a difference, and you have to decide what kind of difference you want to make. Thank you. Here's a very brief story I like to tell on coming of age Sundays because I find myself reflecting on how many people made it possible for each of you, made it possible for every one of us to arrive at this day. None of us does it alone. Captain J. Charles Plum was a Navy pilot who served during the Vietnam War. After 75 combat missions, his plane was destroyed by a surface-to-air missile. 
He ejected and parachuted into North Vietnam where he spent nearly six years as a prisoner of war. Charlie Plum now lectures on his lessons from that experience and this is just one of his lessons. Charlie was sitting in a restaurant when a man approached him from two tables away. You're Captain Plum, he said. You were on the aircraft carrier, Kitty Hawk. You were shot down. How in the world did you know that, Charlie asked. Because, the man replied, I packed your parachute. Charlie writes, I didn't get much sleep that night. I kept thinking about him, wondering what he might have looked like in a Navy uniform. I wondered how many times I might have passed him on board the Kitty Hawk, how many times I might have seen him and not even said good morning because I was a fighter pilot and he was just a sailor. How many hours did he spend at the long wooden table in the bowels of that ship, weaving the shrouds and folding the silks of those parachutes? I couldn't have cared less until one day my parachute saved my life. Think of the times you've reached for the cord to unfurl your parachute, your physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual parachute. As each of us is met with the blessings and challenges of this free fall through the terror and the beauty of life, let us give thanks for those that pack our parachutes and remember to open our arms to catch others as they parachute into our lives. Amen. <laughs>